BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome along to this week's episode. Middle of July, the weather is hotting up and so are the league tables across British Speedway. Bellevue are back on top of the Premiership after an emphatic 61-29 win over Kings Lynn. Wolverhampton struck a major blow in the Premiership playoff race with a 48-42 win away at Peterborough. And in the Championship, still we have Leicester at the top, but Poole and Glasgow meet this week in a key match to help decide who might make the top two in British Speedway's Championship. Our guest this week is someone who's going to be involved in all of that action, really, in the form of Steve Worrell, number one for the Pool Pirates and also a heat leader with the Wolverhampton Wolves and part of one of the strongest pairings in the league alongside Sam Masters around Monmore. Monmore also the venue for the next round of the Premiership Pairs, which takes place next Monday. We'll look ahead to that. And the lineup for the British final has been revealed. We'll look through it and we'll get Steve Worrell's thoughts on what it's like to take part in that conversation competition and his chances of maybe getting glory this year it's all on the way on no breaks no fear no breaks no fear the official british speedway podcast and our special guest this week is Steve Worrell of the Pool Pirates and the Wolverhampton Wolves joining us throughout this episode and we'll talk more about Wolves meeting in, in a few moments and of course Pool's busy time as well with a key clash coming up this week. Um, Stevie, how about things for you though personally? How is 2022 treating you in Speedway? Really good, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying Speedway. I've, it was a new thing for me obviously. I've been at Bellevue for a long time so it was a big big change in the winter moving to Wolverhampton um you know you're always a bit unsure and uncertain of how things will go but I couldn't could have gone any better you know started off the season really well fitted into the team nicely you know that great bunch of lads great management great fans you know it's it's been a like a breath of fresh air for me really so it's yeah that side of it's nice and obviously coming back to pool team I'm familiar with and uh, yes, a lot of the similar faces, uh, familiar faces in the team, which is nice, you know. And scores, you know, they've been good, so no, I can't really complain. I'm enjoying it. And a change of scenery for you as well, because obviously you'd been with with Bellevue, and then, um, well, your brother as well, of course, finding finding a new team as well. So new new frontiers for the both of you, but sometimes change is good, isn't it? Yeah, you, you know, you can you can get sort of stuck in a rut, or is the right way to say it um and a little comfortable you know you can get too comfortable with things and yeah I feel like the time was right you know to to try and just breathe a bit of fresh air into my premiership um my premiership campaign anyway and obviously similar thing I moved I moved the year before with pool I'd always either been with Newcastle or you know wherever and a big change last year to move to pool which seemed to seem to and I'll do the world a difference in that league. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been really positive. You know, it's really good, and, and I can't thank the Wolves a lot enough, really, for how they've welcomed me into the team. And because they are a very tight knit unit, you know, there's there's a lot of familiar faces who've been there for a long time, and um, yeah, they've kind of welcomed me in with open arms. So it's you know, it's been really nice. We'll start then at the National Speedway Stadium this week, where on Monday night, in front of Eurosports TV cameras, Bellevue climbed to the top of the Premiership. Here we go then, one last chance for Josh Gregory. Look at the speed he's got, roaring into the bottom corner, but he's got to go almost to the airfield. Brilliant down in front! Oh, and it's tight! What a finish to E15! I think Brennan may have just hung on. I think he's got a puncher in actual fact. For Tom Brennan coming out of the last corner, but let's watch the run to the line. Pickering through the kitchen sink at him. Oh, I think Pickering's done it. 
It was an emphatic win over the Kingsland Stars, 61-29 at the National Speedway Stadium. The Aces started the meeting with four successive 5-1s to put the match out of reach for the Stars, who only won two races all evening, both of those coming from skipper Josh Pickering. Matej Zegar scored a paid maximum with Max Frick on 12-2, Tom Brennan with 10-1 also in double figures, whilst uh, Pickering racked up 14 for the Stars to account for almost half of his team's total. In a moment, we'll hear from the Kingsland top scorer Josh Pickering, but a star of Bellevue's own Norwich Bladorn, speaking with Lee Wilde. So, Norwich Bladorn, another strong performance for you at home for the Bellevue Aces. You like, you're really getting to grips with the British League in this track now? Yeah, it's getting better and better. Um, I feel like I'm improving and getting the bikes better prepared for like every meeting I come here. Um, yeah, especially Bellevue, some track is pretty cool, but um, like, you know, everyone's like riding in Bellevue because um, it's such a nice track, so I think we it didn't really get the big home advantage compared to Wolverhampton or Ipswich, but um, yeah, I'm very pleased with my res- results in the last two meetings here, so um, that's going quite good. Well, it could be better, it could be worse, but um, that's Speedway. You've already, you're so young, but you've got a lot of experience in Europe already. What is racing in Britain teaching you? A lot, a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know really what to say because um, everything's so different, but I think... Um, everything's um, way better for me because, you know, coming here over a young age, um, having lots of different tracks, lots of races, I think that's the main thing that improves me and I think riding is even tougher compared to Poland because, like, especially, like, when you got a close track, narrow track, like I said, um, Ipswich or Wolverhampton, everyone has to hit this one line in the beginning of the corner, so everyone tries getting there and it's getting pretty close sometimes, but, um, yeah, I think that helps me a lot. Um, and yeah, what's it like having teammates like these and riding for Mark Lemon? Are you learning a lot from them? Yeah, it's cool. Like um, the whole atmosphere is such, such great. Yeah, um, bit different compared to Poland and Germany because everyone's a bit more relaxed coming here. So um, we all have a bit longer talk and. Like I said, everyone's been more relaxed and having guys like Mate and Max who are riding in the GP for a couple of years, it's pretty cool and yeah. And just quickly, how was Glasgow on Saturday? You managed to score a few points, you happy with that? Yeah, riding was pretty cool there and was such a tough meeting, but um, I think I did quite well. Well, I've, I think for um, myself, a bit better than riding was a bit better than three points, but um. Like I said, that was speedway and was pretty fun riding out there. Josh, it was a strong performance for yourself, but it might not have been what you wanted for the stars. What was it like out there? Honestly, mate, it was a tough night at the office, is what you could say. Um, even on a personal level, like I knew I was there or thereabouts all night. I just, I never felt quick, and even in eight fifteen, then I'd, I was just struggling to get the bike working for me tonight. But I suppose everyone was in the same position. Um, I don't think anyone, and probably, obviously, I haven't spoken to the Bellevue boys, but. I doubt they would have been um, coming in and not changing either. You know, they wouldn't have been happy with every single race. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a tough one, and it's 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 no good for uh, the team result. Like, obviously, it's it's good to have a, a personal um, score on the night, but I hate losing. So, it just regardless of what I score, the team lost, and that's what annoys me the most. Stars did really well here early in the season. What was different tonight? Was the track different? What was it? Obviously, oh, the aces have strengthened. Yeah, the aces have strengthened, definitely. They've um, brought Matty in the side, which they didn't have early on. Um, on our point of view, we obviously had Niels. I think he scored 11 or 12 when we were here last time. I don't know what we got from his rider replacement rides, but it definitely wasn't that. Um, obviously, then doing rider replacement, it's handy when things are going good. However... All the boys then have to jump in and get another ride, and they've either got two on the trot or one break in between, and, and it's hard to follow up on, um, you know, watching the track, watching what has to happen, and, and then making the correct changes. But uh, in a whole, obviously, we've got a lot to work for. It's The season isn't won in July, but it can potentially be lost. So um, being bottom of the table and then not taking a point away today is, is very disappointing, but... I heard we've got some news. Um, obviously, I, I can't say it yet, but I believe we've got a replacement coming in for Niels or uh, until he can come back and if he come, can come back. But um, that's definitely going to help us out. And just quickly, on a personal level, it's been a really good season for you. You've shown a lot of improvements sort of, in Britain from where you previously have been. What did you put that down to? What's clicked this year? I'm getting more time on the bike. Um, before I come to the UK in 2017, I've only done about 20 meetings on a speedway bike. So everything's new to me. And then... When I'm racing over here for Edinburgh, 
one one day a week and two days sometimes and then have a week off and a lot of sitting around and and there's not much muscle memory coming on with with being on the bike and feeling comfortable but at the moment like I've been on the bike nearly every second day I've got 20 meetings this month which is awesome and and um, you know we're just I've got a, a good team with me obviously my wife she does a lot for me I've got Sean Smith who helps me mechanic for me Kings Lynn matches Zane Kennedy he jumps in and, and does what he what he can also I've also got Jake Rose who helps me down Ipswich uh, sorry down Kings Lynn when we go down there and stay and then in Edinburgh I've got my main two that I've always had which is Ryan Nielsen and Robert Tully and honestly without the little team that I have nothing would be uh, achievable what I'm doing I appreciate that commiserations tonight but best of luck for the rest Thanks. of the season yeah, Josh Pickering's having a great season personally, I think, both uh, with the Kingsland Stars and um, with his time at uh, the Edinburgh Monarchs as well. So certainly a busy time for him at the moment, as we'll discuss more as we move through our uh, look at the championship very soon. What about the team managers then? Well, uh, first of all, let's get the thoughts of um, Alex Brady on the end of uh, quite a big defeat. He's been speaking with Lee Wilde too. Alex, tough night for the Stars. Is there anything you can take from that? Two heat wins, that's about it really. Um, no, it's, we, we, we weren't good enough tonight um, and the boys will know they weren't good enough tonight. Josh Pickering was the only one really that came away of any, any real uh, sort of credit to his name. The rest, the other five know that and they know they need to put it right on Thursday night, so on to that. Always going to be difficult, wasn't it, with the guests pulling out late and obviously missing Niels, Christian Everson, who's such a big influence on the side. Are you hoping to have someone available in the coming, f- coming few days? Yeah, Niels is, is fantastic around here as well, so he's, you know, he's almost a, sort of a Barthos Marzik character around here. He's that good, but yeah, to be missing him tonight was was big, and obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, no no guests at, at number one is always tough. But replacement wise, it's it's a case at the end of the month. We've we've provisionally got something in place, um, but it, it all depends on how the Polish league finishes. And yeah, but with Thursday night, we'll still be RR because uh, we'll have all other five clubs racing, uh, and then hopefully we're in place by the time we go to Wolves away. But that's touch and go at the moment. It's tough to lose away, but you've still got some home farm, haven't you? You've still got that to fall back on. What's it been like at the at home this year? It started well. We lost the last two at home. Um, only well, Sheffield sort of gave us a bit of a lesson in gating and beat us by eight. Um, and then Ipswich beat us by two, uh, sorry, by four, the, the couple of weeks prior to that. But aside from that, our form's been very, very good. And yeah, we, we need to get back to that and we need to get some points away um, if we've got any chance of you know, making success this season, which I still believe we can. You still think you can make the playoffs? It's a long, it's a big ask, but with, the, with what we've got lined up and, and you know, fixtures we've got coming up, if we can win Thursday night, then you know, perhaps it's the start of a bit of a run for us. So, yeah, no wild predictions, but you know, while the playoffs are still a realistic possibility, that's exactly what we're aiming for. Oh, well, commiserations, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks, mate. See you soon. All for the Bellevue Aces, of course, after that convincing win. They climb to the top of the Premiership, but next up, they have a tough trip this Thursday away at Foxhall, taking on the Ipswich Witches. Let's hear it from Mark Lemon then after that demolition job of the Kingsland Stars with Lee Wilde. Mark, another strong performance in tough conditions out there, although not in the way that we're used to. Sends Aces top of the table, you must be delighted. Yeah, that's no, fantastic and you know, that's where you aim to be, but uh, you know, in fairness though, you look at the, the matches in hand for Sheffield, so uh, really they, they deserve the honours. Um, but you know it's 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 pretty tight with those top four teams. Um, Wolves got a good impressive result at Peterborough, um, and we obviously see our travels down to Ipswich, so that'll be a test for us. Um, obviously, the minimum we want down there is a point. Um, if we, we'll really sort of justify, see how we are travelling on the road. But um, equally though, looking at tonight, you know, Eurosport cameras in town, fantastic result, good crowd. Um, what more can we ask for? Good racing as well, most importantly. We get that every week here, to be fair. So, um, and it's just nice to get good racing and, and uh, you know, good results too, you know. So it's it's important. We've, for a number of years, we've had good wins, but uh, we, we sort of haven't been able to sort of chip away at those high-end, you know, 58s and, you know, 60-point marks. Um, we haven't sort of done that consistently. Um, so I'm not too sure our owners, Tony Rice and Robin Southwell, are too happy about that. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think the crowd were delighted. Absolutely. All the boys are clicking, but I want to point out uh, our rising star, Tom Brennan. You nominated him in Heat 15. That's that's huge and only his second second race at the number two race jacket. And he, he deserved it tonight, didn't he? Yeah, and, and really unlucky not to win Heat 15. Uh, he actually got a puncher coming across uh, you know, the, the start-finish line. So I think he got pipped by the narrowest of margins by Josh um, Pickering. So... I think that just shows how much he's come come of age. You know, he didn't want him fifteen. I kind of pretty much forced him to do it. So um, you know, he wanted to finish on a winning note, and he nearly did. So at the at the 
the ultimate race in the heat 15. So it's just uh, it's fantastic to see how much he's de- developed in the last sort of 18 months. Uh, he's come of age, and um, you know, it goes to show that the Rising Star program uh, is, is working. And I want to point out the promotion side because Bellevue gave out a couple hundred free tickets to local kids and youth groups in the area for this meeting, and it was great to see so many young faces in the crowd. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was, it was cracking. You know, it's like it's how it should be. You know, it's um, there's lots of smiley kids out there having fun and, and interacting with Chase the Ace, our mascot, and um, waving flags and wearing the uh, team kit and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was something we we looked at uh, doing. You know, um, you know, a lot of the, the sort of diehards maybe stay home, uh, stay away to watch it when it's on TV. Um, and we thought well, this is a great opportunity to bring some newbies in. But uh, more more importantly, I think it was a reach out into the community. Uh, we tried something different. Uh, we want to engage with local communities because I don't know how many people up and down the country, they, 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 they talk about Speedway. I, I used to go and they know about Speedway, but they don't really know it still exists. And it's, you know, it's, it's you know, frustrating to say that you know, it's a niche sport, but we have to admit it really is. Uh, and we have to do more to get out there. And like we, we have started just locally. Um, the old uh, A-frame billboard out the front no longer you know, cuts its cloth no more. Uh, social media is great, but I think getting that emotional you know, co- contact with um, the communities and, and sort of getting them to come and see. And it's, I, think, uh, I think you can see from the excitement of all the people. And the press conference was packed. It's a fantastic night. It was fantastic. Mark, congratulations on the win. Thank you very much. Cheers. Mark Lemon, not just the team manager, of course, but also, uh, as he was alluding to there, uh, the man responsible for getting people through the gates. It's a tough old job, but everybody can play their part and, you know, take your friends down, especially over this next couple of weeks where the weather's going to be outstanding. Some great speedway matches coming up across the country. And uh, just do your little bit if you can and just get somebody down there and show them the the excitement and everything that uh, Speedway has to offer. Now, Wolverhampton struck a major blow in the Premiership playoff race with a 48-42 away win at Peterborough. The victory moves the Monmore side up to third and it means the Panthers in fifth are now 10 points adrift of the top four. Wolves trailed 22-14 at the East of England Arena but hit back with a remarkable run of four five ones in five races to turn the meeting in their favour. The Panthers were heavily reliant on Chris Harris who piled up 18 plus one bonus point from seven rides and reserve Benjamin Basso with 14. But Wolves were far more solid with Ryan Douglas scoring 11 plus three, only losing a maximum in the last race. Luke Becker adding 10 and solid scoring coming throughout the order in general. In a moment, we'll hear from the Panthers boss, Rob Lyon. First, the victorious Peter Adams with Mike Taylor from BBC Radio WM. Peter, at what point in the meeting did you think we're going to win this? At the end. (laughs) No, I think that um, we've had quite a bit of experience this year of being eight points behind on the road and then getting ourselves back into the fixture and um, leading at or near the end. So, uh, you know, the boys didn't panic. You know, we knew that um, once we discovered exactly what the setup should be, you know, we come on strong. And uh, that's how it turned out, you know, very well taken win, I thought. Yes, and I mean, there's racing room here, and your lad used all of it. We've seen, for example, Ryan, we've seen go here very well on a number of occasions, and he looked, so he really enjoyed himself. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't uh, single anybody no, out, but he, he rode particularly well. But, I mean, they all did at the end of the day, and uh, how important those points from the reserve berths as well. I mean, I know that Peter had, you know, the outstanding reserve in Basso, but um, our lads were chipping in with uh, with points in every almost every time they came out. So uh, that's what we need from them, and it takes the pressure off. You know, we can we can still win a match like this when Sam Masters only scored four points, yeah. and that really is courtesy of what the, the, the guys at reserve are doing. Is this a sort of occasion when you know the, the the team works well together? Because maybe it did take a bit of time to work out the the lines, but you sense the whole team coming together. And I, I wonder whether that works here in the pitch, and you get some momentum as a team. Yeah, we share information all the time, and uh, as things are going along, you know, I gradually get the boys together and chat about um, who's using what setups. Yeah, and once we share that information and you know the track comes to the team, then uh, the result's inevitable, really. There's some confidence you can see coming into the team as well, and I wonder if that's particularly going to be true with the reserves. Examples like Leon's winning Heat 8, which will be an enormous shot in the arm for him. Yeah, and Drew as well yeah, had, a very, had a very solid meeting. So uh, just a bit concerned about uh, Leon, who got his foot bent back under the footrest in uh, Heat 14, so he's limping pretty heavily. 
So uh, hopefully he'll be fit for Thursday, which is another very important match for us. Yes, because I mean you've you've opened up the gap again between yourselves and and Peterborough and and, and Kings Lynn. So again, it looks and there's a lot of meetings to go. Like the top four are more or less together, and those four teams have been topping and changing throughout the course of the season. But you want to keep piling in points now and get as far as far on as you can. If anything, keeps that momentum going. You've got. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, when you look at the table, Kings Lynn and Peterborough are cut adrift a little bit at the minute, but. That can change very quickly, but I think another um, another win on the road for us on Thursday, if we can manage that, that'll uh, put us in a position where we perhaps only have to win our home meetings to guarantee our top four finish, which is where we want to be, and then we'll see who we, uh, who we meet in the playoffs. As you say, a long way to go yet, but um, that's very much how it's shaping up. Yeah, and you've been competitive everywhere I mean you've had a couple of I think this is the second away win because you've already obviously this is two here now but you've had at least another couple where it's been very close you've been leading late in the meeting so you are competitive everywhere <coughs> yeah funnily enough at Sheffield and Ipswich we were eight points down in both of those matches but we were two points up going into the last heat in both and lost both so uh, as you say we've been very close to being out of sight really but um you have to take those defeats on the chin, you know, and just um, like in any sport, it's not what happens there and then, it's how you react and, and respond to disappointment, you know, and you can see there's so much spirit in this team, it's, it's great to see. Wolves boss Peter Adams there after their comeback against the Peterborough Panthers on Monday night. Stevie Worrell, you were racing for Wolves. You were part of that winning side. Didn't start off perfect for you, though, did it? Because you, you had that tapes exclusion in your first ride. But then after that, things got going, as did the uh, the whole Wolves train, really. And uh, you came back and took the points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was one of the things, the first heat. Um, the guy on one jumped, tipped the tapes, but he, he managed to stop his bike, which meant... And as speedway riders, we're just looking for. We focus so much on the on the pin or whatever it is on the starting tapes that moves. <clears throat> when you see something twitch, you go, and it, you know, like that's just your natural. And the guy on one moved, which dragged me through. It's just one of them things. You can't point fingers anywhere, but yeah, the referee saw it as um, as it was my fault, and I was out then. But so. I, from personal point of view and a team point of view is not great because I think they they then come out that heat with a 5-1 which puts you on the back foot straight away but um, we slowly we all started chipping away and you know before we knew it we was what I think 8 or 10 down and come back and won the meeting so it was you know it was a good gritty performance from us all it, it, but Peter is a track that we all seem to like you know when we went last time we beat them and we all you know, come away with positive vibes and you know everything else so it was I, I felt like when, once we started getting behind, I thought, "What's you know, like what's going on here?" But um, yeah, in the true Wolverhampton fashion, turn it around and come away with a win. Wolves always start steady and then get going. But Pete Adams thinks now, and, and a key win, of course, beating Peterborough and putting a bit more daylight between yourselves and, and the teams below you in 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 the charge for the playoffs. And Pete Adams, in his interview, suggesting that. He feels that you're almost at the point now of being able to just rely on your home matches and you'll be all safe for the playoffs. Yeah, and obviously at this point in the season, that that's the target. You know, you you just got to make sure you make playoffs. Um, and then, as we've seen in, in the past, it doesn't matter where you finish in the league table. You know, it, once the playoffs start, it's a completely new, um, completely new ball game. So... Yeah, I think obviously it's nice to finish as high as you can for, you know, confidence and bragging rights, and you know that you just feel better about it. But obviously the the main thing is just making the playoffs. So if we, like Pete said, if we can just hopefully bank on our home matches now, and that'll that'll get us in, it takes a bit of pressure off. And and next up, you got a trip to Kings Lynn later this week of course another side beneath you um, you were of course at the Adrian Flux Arena last week with the pairs which we'll talk more about in the next section but obviously you've had a bit of experience there in the last seven days which must be good and um, looking forward to, to uh, maybe putting a bit of daylight between yourselves and those sides right at the bottom now yeah that you know it's a key match really if, if we can go there and get something out of that meeting like you say it, it kind of um, stretches that gap and 
just makes us that little bit safer, especially with with it being against a team that we're we are kind of trying to get away from um, or tr- on on the league table. So yeah, it, it's an important meeting for us. And you know, luckily me and Sam went there last week. Had a bit of practice. I wouldn't say it was um, the most successful one, <laughs> um, but no. But practice is practice, and you can you know if we can bring anything away from it, bike setups or anything like that, which you know hopefully we have done then we can pass on a bit of knowledge to the rest of the riders and hopefully we can get yeah go there and do something. Quite a contrast, though, for Peterborough Panthers versus last season. Uh, the reigning champions now fighting it out to avoid the wooden spoon in 2022. Let's hear it from the Peterborough team boss, Rob Lyon, with Jamie Griffiths. Okay, we've uh, Peterborough boss, Rob Lyon. Rob, uh, not the result the Panthers are obviously looking for this evening. No, not at all, no. Um, especially after a great start, eight points up and... Um, Thought we'd end up with a, a relatively comfortable win, but as the track dried out, got a little slicker, the, the, the gates walls were on mid-meeting, mid certainly started to work well for them, as you saw with three, four, five ones pretty much on the bounce. And uh, they held on to that and never looked back, so uh, fair play to them. But it was tough, and, and we did it last last week, we managed to get over the line, but you know, a similar pattern this week with the fact that we relied on three riders and it's tough to win a meeting with three riders two weeks on the bounce. And uh, despite the result, it's, uh, it's really good to see Chris Bomberamis doing really well around here. Yeah, it's great. I mean, he's always been a, a, a top rider and, uh, you know, he's found something that works really well around here and, well, everywhere at the moment, but certainly around here and, uh, you know, another great performance. Um, but like I say, I always say we win and lose as a team and um, we, have to, we have to be a team. And ultimately, the guys that are struggling, we need to get that right and... Um, see if we can get them going again and, and try and have a strong end to the season. Uh, so uh, where do Peterborough go from here? Because obviously Wolves are in fourth. They've managed to put a bit more of a cushion on yourselves now. So what, what's next for you? Well, we've got Sheffield away Thursday. You know, I just said to the guy there, we, we, um, we've got to win the rest of our homes and we've got to pull in some away meetings. It's uh, away wins. It's not inconceivable we can do that. But as it stands at the moment, unlikely. We have to be realistic about it, but we'll keep fighting hard and, and see if we can pull, a, pull any, any result off away from home and get ourselves in the mix. Peter Panthers boss Rob Lyon there uh, left ruining a mid-meeting collapse from his side who were eight points up after six races but went down to a damaging home defeat at the hands of Wolverhampton. Next up for them this Thursday, a confidence-boosting trip to Sheffield. Perhaps not. Uh, that's this Thursday. And then, um, of course, we've got the pairs next Monday. Uh, and then the next home fixture for Peterborough will be against Sheffield on Monday, August the 15th. So quite a wait for Peterborough's next home fixture. So that's uh, the way things looked on Monday in the Premiership. And let's have a glance uh, at the uh, general Premiership situation as far as the league table is concerned. As it stands then, Bellevue are top 11 matches ridden and 23 points. Ipswich. 11 matches ridden and 22 points in second and third it's the Wolverhampton Wolves 11 matches ridden and 21 points so just a couple of points separating first and third equal on matches ridden Sheffield Tigers have ridden 9 so far they are on 20 Peterborough have ridden 11 and are on 10 points and currently at the bottom having ridden 9 fixtures are the Kingsland Stars with 9 points on the board but still of course a couple of matches in hand over Peterborough so things may well even out on that score yet but you do fancy that perhaps Peterborough and Kingsland increasingly starting to look a little bit adrift at the bottom. Looking ahead to the rest of this week in the Premiership then we have all 6 sides in action and the top 2 meet at Fox Ipswich versus Bellevue at 7.30. Kings Lynn hosting Wolverhampton and Sheffield taking on Peterborough at Olerton. All at 7.30 this Thursday. We'll have reaction on next week's No Breaks, No Fear. And then no Premiership action as such on Monday. It is the Premiership pairs. Round four returns at Wolves. 7.30 was the start time. That's been moved to 8 o'clock because of the hot weather. It's going to be a mega hot day on Monday. So the delay the start time to make it a bit more comfortable for everyone and also to give them more time to work on the track because um, that uh, preparation time is limited at Monmore on Monday because there's dog racing taking place until 6 o'clock so just to give the uh, the, the uh, track staff a bit of extra time to get some water in the track and, and all that kind of stuff and make for the uh, the best surface possible starting at 8 o'clock at Monmore for round 4 of the Premiership Pairs which is uh, currently being led by Ipswich as well 
So we'll look forward to that one, and you'll be able to watch the live stream of that too on the British Speedway Network if you're a subscriber to their Premiership Pairs coverage. And that's where we're heading next on No Breaks, No Fear, a full look ahead to round four of the Premiership Pairs at Wolverhampton. And we'll look ahead to the British final as well with one of the men who's taking part in it, and that's Steve Worrell. More next on No Breaks, No Fear. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. No brakes, no fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back, I'm Ian Brannan. Our special guest this week is the number one for the Pool Pirates and also a racer for the Wolverhampton Wolves in the Premiership. Steve Worrell is with us. And uh, Steve, you were involved in the most recent round of the Premiership Pairs, which took place last week at Kings Lynn. It's a very short amount of time before the next round, of course, which happens on your home track of Wolverhampton next Monday. But um, the previous rounds... And in fact, all of the rounds so far in the pairs, and maybe few people have been surprised to find Wolves struggling in it, considering how strong you are in in the regular league. And there's no way of sugarcoating it. Wolves are currently bottom of the table in that tournament at the moment. But you always sort of feel that the big performance is is just around the corner and you've got home track advantage next. So you must be pretty confident. Yeah. And, and you know, when you look at the tracks, I feel like the the remaining tracks will come to us, you know, like obviously we've got the, the next home round, which uh, if we can do anything in that one, we, we should be aiming for a win there because, you know, the, the home form that we have is, is very, it's like Ipswich going, going at home to their place, you know, we, we have a good home track advantage and we need, we need to, you know, use that to make sure we get all the points uh, available, win the meeting and try and, you know, get back up, to, get back up the, the table on that one and also like Bellevue and Sheffield it's it's tracks that as a team we've gone there and done well um you know the there's a selection of riders who are who are available to choose from who all enjoy and you know ride the ride them tracks really well so uh I feel like as you know as the tournament closes um I think the fortunes will turn for us and um so yeah we'll just wait and see but Obviously, main focus now is Monday. It's uh, if we're going to do anything in this, we've got to we've got to really win that one. And home advantage is a big thing at Monmore. You've ridden Monmore many times in your career. What have you learnt about that track since joining as a as a wolf full time this season? It's more um, not so much the setup. It's how you ride it and the lines. And you know when you when you just get to go there once or twice a year, it's. You never really get chance to ride it enough to, you know, get comfortable and kind of figure it out properly. But now I've now I've had a good crack at, you know, we've had a good few, good few whole matches now, and I feel like we've had a, you know, a few different variations of track conditions where the weather's played its part or whatever. And um, and I just feel like I've, yeah, not so much the setup. It's knowing where to be, where to, you know, where to ride, things like that, and because. I mean, you you watch certain riders like Sam Masters. He can miss the gate, and he can still come out that first corner first. And it that's not through, it's not really through bike setup or other things. It's just knowledge of the track. You know where to put the bike, what what to do, and that comes with years of experience. You know he's rode, they've he's been at Wolverhampton for a long time, and and I think that's where that's where the home track advantage comes in. It helps so much, and you know, and that's what I'm. I mean, I'm a few years behind him, but I'm, <laughs> hopefully, you know, I'm I'm slowly getting the feel and slowly understanding where you need to be and things like that. So, um, yeah, home track advantage there is that it plays a massive part in it. And you know, you just look at Sam's results; he very rarely gets beat at Wolverhampton. Um, so you know, he's obviously he'll be in the team, no doubt. Um, and then 
you know, Pete's got a job on trying to pick the rest. Yeah, I think you know there was the sort of question mark about Sam's foot because he's had quite a lot of problems with that. It didn't stop him at the weekend, of course, but he still does have pain in his foot, doesn't it? And I think um, Pete was unsure on Monday whether he was going to give Sam a bit of time off or not. So, But no no decision yet on your team for the pairs. Well, he, he struggled at Kings Lynn. Um, I know that because it's a track I thought that Sam would have enjoyed. But, um, yeah, it, it's a... Kingsland's very physically demanding, so I, I imagine it was just a bit too much. And at Wolverhampton, you, you can kind of get away with it because you're not really putting that much weight through the right leg. You're not asking much of it. But, um, yeah, Kingsland, you, you're constantly wrestling with the bike because it's, um, it's just so grippy. So mm. uh, I imagine Monday, because he had a good weekend of racing, um, so I imagine Monday Sam will be, he'll be on it. Um, yeah, so wait and see. And of course, the pair of you together at Monmore have been one of the most successful partnerships in in the whole British league. So, on on form, the the two of you together surely are the the obvious option, um, especially around Monmore based on this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what I'm that's what I'm banking on anyway. I'm hoping that's the case. Mm. So we've not been um, we've not been notified yet. So we'll okay. see. <laughs> <laughs> Ipswich, of course, leading the way. Um, they've caused Wolves problems at home this year of any side, um, winning winning twice, which is pretty rare. But maybe a score to settle there in the pairs. But every other side, I think you've beaten at Monmore this this season. So you must be fairly confident on that front as well. Yeah, um, I'm not sure why, but the witches this year just seem to ride Monmore really well. They've they've come both times and beat us and. You know, it's not ideal. It's never good to be losing home matches. You know, that's not what we want. But um, yeah, we've got to. I think we've got to pick up. If we're gonna, if we're gonna do anything in the playoffs, we need to make sure that we're we're winning our home matches and by by a fair amount because we need to know we have that little safety blanket that when you do go and do the if the first leg is the away leg or whatever. Um, when you do your home leg, you know you need to know that you're going to be able to get enough points in the bank to either go to their place and lose by a few, or mm. you know bring let them bring a bit of a lead to to the home um, to to the away match. Sorry for the second leg. So I feel like that's something we've we've all got to knuckle down and you know get stuck into. We we seem to be better at the start of the season when the you know the weather was a little bit cooler and. The track was a little bit different because obviously the weather plays a massive part in how the track curators can prepare the track and you know how much material they can get out of it. And I feel like our scores and the way everyone rode the track was a little bit better when the weather was cooler and earlier on in the season than it is now. But um, if, so if we're looking at it like that, fingers crossed that um, as playoffs start to come round and mm. you know, the, the British summertime comes to an end, then you know things will come back to us. With that in mind, though, Monday set to be a scorcher. The start time has been delayed by half an hour to give a bit of extra track prep time. How is a, a dry track then on what could be the hottest day of the year going to affect things, do you think? Well, we won't complain because that's how it's been the last few meetings. So it, hmm. we can't, you know, no excuses that we, we're not dialed in or anything like that. We we both, you know, if it is me or Sam, me and Sam or whoever, you know, we, we all... We all know it. We've been riding it like that the the last few weeks, and and as I said earlier, it's it's not so much the bike setup; it's the the line choices, you know, and reading and understanding the track as it is. So I, I feel like it won't really make much of a difference. It's the same for all the other riders as well. So um, you know, it's it's good that they put the start time back because it just gives chance for you know the that little bit of darkness to come in and take the edge off the heat and makes it more comfortable for us and. Mm. And for the fans as well, because hopefully the place will be packed out and they can get quite tightly packed in on that on the home straight there. So yeah. don't want to be like sardines. Yeah, be a massive queue at the uh, ice cream van as well, if nothing else. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be making a few quid. <laughs> um, just to talk about the British final as well, uh, the lineup for that has been announced. Um, Dan Bewley finding out while he was commentating on Eurosport he was taking part. I know that. Anybody who's listened to this podcast a few weeks ago, Adam Ellis said that he thought that Dan Bewley was going to ride. So I don't think it was quite as big a surprise to Dan Bewley as, as everyone else thought. But um, you're in the 
um, lineup, of course, with your brother and, and all the other big names of, of British Speedway. But not long to wait now, 1st of August, and there's a lot on the line. There is, there is. Um, you know, it's a meeting as a British rider. Uh, it's a meeting that, you know, you, you think about it whilst you're grinding away in the winter, preparing for the new season. No, it's a meeting that you do always aim towards. Um, you know, being British, of course, you want to win your national title. And I've had a fair few cracks at it now. You know, I've finished on the podium, what, I think, twice, uh, once or twice. You know, nearly won it. And I, I feel like this year, you know, going into it, I'm probably in the best form I've been in going into a British final. You know, I'm probably in the best place um, with my engines and, like, the whole package. So I feel like if if there's ever a chance to try and go there and do it, you know, th- this year's a good chance. So mm. we'll see. I'm, I'm positive on I'm positive on it. You know, I'm happy with everything, happy with how everything's working. And, you know, that's half the battle. So the other half's me going out there on the night and doing it. I mean, it's <laughs> obviously the British final used to be at Monmore and you'd probably fancy your chances there. But um, having it at National Speedway Stadium, similarly a, a track that you know very well. Yeah, and it and it's different when you come in as a as a not a home rider, you know. Mm. As a whole, like we've seen in the past, you know, say say you're at your home track and it starts to rain, and then the away team usually comes and wins because they go into that meeting open-minded with regards to setting the bikes up and whatever else, and you you're kind of fixed and stuck in your ways on your setup of what you've built up your knowledge on from all the all the previous home matches and. So I feel like when you're going in as not a home rider, you can kind of, you know, open your open your eyes and open your mind up a little bit to different different things with regards to setting the bike up. So I'm hoping that, you know, not being a home rider and not have done many matches on the track this year, that it'll, it'll play into my advantage, you know, and I can hopefully try and get that little bit of extra speed out of the bike that I need maybe the words. I wouldn't have done it in the past. You know, you make a small change that you wouldn't really do in the past being a home rider because you, you know, you might have done it one night and it didn't work and then that's it. You don't, you won't want to do that again. So I'm hoping that that's the case. You know, I can go into it open-minded like, like the other previous winners, you know, who haven't rode for Bellevue and, um, yeah, and go out there on the night and do it. And maybe Dan Bewley, um, perhaps suffered from that last season. You know, there was a lot of expectation. Um, he was going great, but he was the home rider, and obviously he nearly did it. But very, as you say, it's it's a, it's a, it is a a good point that the home rider doesn't often triumph in these things. You get fixed in your ways, you know, mm. you, and you you don't want to. I can't think of the word. You don't want to like go off the go off the map type thing. You know, you you have a. You have a little piggy bank of setups and you know and ideas that you've had and tried and maybe won't succeeded or failed with them and yeah and the ones that you've usually failed with you don't like going back to but it maybe didn't work that night because the the track was different or you know maybe you got held up in that heat but you just you blame it on the setup or whatever so yeah going in as an as an away rider you've not ridden the track for a while you know you, you're a bit more open minded you go off you go off feeling or you know, and, and previous meetings leading up to that, whereas you at different tracks, so you don't really go off what's what's locked in the head from the from the last meeting or the meeting before that. So, yeah, I'm going to it open-minded, but obviously, you know, a similar thing for Danny's. I think Dan's probably stepped up another two or three levels since the last year's British final. You know, he's he's just riding a completely different wave now, and um, so I think going into it. Obviously, he's had his accident, but I imagine he's you know he's on the mend. He doesn't look like he's suffering much. Um, so yeah, Dan will be very tough to beat. But um, and and especially now, not being a Bellevue rider, he'll come into it open-minded with the knowledge he's built up from riding in Europe. And hmm. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It'll be a tough meeting. But uh, a place in the Grand Prix as well for the, for the winner, of course. If Dad did, uh, Dad <laughs> Dan did win it, <laughs> if Dan did win it, then of course whoever finishes second would be the wild card for the British Grand Prix. So the you know finishing on the podium may well be enough. For yeah, that. yeah, well, that's it. You know, obviously Dan um, is already in the Grand Prix series, so 
yeah, like you say, whoever finishes behind him, even if he does win, will go in. So, you know, it's exciting he, to to go out there. You know, obviously, if you don't win it, it's a bit of a bummer. But if Dan for Dan to win, um, but you know, the icing on the cake would be you, you get to go and be the wild card at Cardiff, and you know, I think that's what as British riders, it's what we you know we dream of. So mm. it'd be nice to get that. You know, I've been there once. I, I was reserve, and I think it was the only year that. The year that I was reserved was the only year that no one hit the tape, so you know, no, no one had a an exclusion or whatever. You know, it was, it, that was the only only year that nothing happened. So yeah, sat in the pits all night, didn't get me shot, but who knows? Yeah, Might be there this year. Adam Ellis is trying to put it right as well because he won the British Championship on the only year where you didn't actually qualify for Cardiff. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Well, we'll find out soon enough. First of August for the Sports Insure British Final. It'll be live on Eurosport two, and of course you can get yourself there in person. First of August and uh, seven thirty start time. Next, we're turning our attention to the Championship. It's a big week for Pool. They face the Glasgow Tigers on Wednesday, but Pool have had a busy previous weekend, heading up north with trips to Edinburgh and Berwick. Stevie Worrell was involved in both of those of course where uh, the Pirates came away with just two points from the two matches we'll chat to him about that and the rest of the championship in the next part of No Breaks No Fear No Breaks No Fear the official British Speedway podcast Welcome back to No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast here every week out on a Wednesday morning. And uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast as well so you don't miss out on any future episodes as and when they arrive. So turning our attention right now to the championship, our guest is Steve Worrell and um, Edinburgh came up with a big finish to see off championship holders pool 49-41 at Armadale last Friday night. Now the Pirates led on several occasions occasions and went back in front with a 5-1 in heat 12 but monarch stars sam masters and josh pickering hit back in heat 13 and paco castagna and jacob hook adding another maximum in the next heat the visitors hopes of a league point were shattered in heat 15 despite gating on a 5-1 as masters and pickering came through for their own 4-2 masters with 13 plus one and pickering with 13 led the monarchs scoring once again whilst stevie warrell with 11 and danny king on 10 were the best for the pirates but frustrating their missing out steve beyond that consolation league point and coming away pointless from your trip to Armadale. Yeah, it was a disappointing. We shouldn't have really, we shouldn't really come down to it, you know. And I think away from home, Heat 14 is a. We were chatting about it um, a few days ago. Heat 14 for us is a bit of a, you know, we tend to lose that the the advantage or you know as as we're closing in towards the end of the meeting that's where we tend to let it slip away from us and, and then end up going into heat 15 with the pressure on trying to do something and um i was you know i was leading heat he, leading heat 15 to to get us that one point and i didn't really I, I was wrestling the bike trying to get it to the inside and then after the race we realized that i'd snapped my back end on the on the bike so oh really yeah that's why i couldn't hold i couldn't hold it on the inside and you know sam being a Again, a track specialist. He just held it around the inside where I couldn't quite get to, and yeah, passed me, but took the points off us. But um, hopefully, you know, at the end of the season, it won't come down to that one point. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, yeah, it was, and then, yeah, quite a dramatic northern tour for you, wasn't it? Because that was Edinburgh, and then the night after, you're in in Berwick, and again another last heat decider, and salvaged a draw. So you got the two points there in that one, but I think. Both both sides felt a little bit disappointed they hadn't won it. Yeah, because there was there was a few things at Berwick where we, you know, I felt like we we didn't get everything out of it that we should have. You know, when you when I look look back at the meeting, you know, it's a long journey home. You look back at it and weigh up different things, and um, I was disappointed. But I, more, I was more disappointed in my performance. Berwick's a track I, I enjoy racing. You know, it it, it suits what I do, you know, very good at making starts and, you know, once I get out front I'm quick. And uh, obviously when you're on a when you're on a northern tour it's a nightmare. You can't get back to the workshop. You can't sort things out. So obviously snapping the frame in on the Friday night, I then had to jump on the second bike and at Berwick and it just weren't weren't up to the job. Um just a little bit too slow. Hmm. So I feel like, you know, I kinda let us down a little bit. 
you know, not being as prepared as I should have. Um, but it, again, you look at other things, you you look at other heats or how other riders' nights went. You know, there was a few things where I felt like other riders should have done a little bit different and, you know, got more out of it. But it's all if buts and maybes afterwards. You know, we, we're lucky. We, you know, we, we managed to salvage a draw and um, got a couple of points from the weekend. So it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't all doom and gloom, but we definitely should have got more from it. And a bit of a, a stroke of luck as well in that heat 15, because Berwick were on course to to take all three points, but then Chris Harris's clutch burnt out on, on the the last lap, I think, wasn't it? And so that that flipped things straight into Paul's favour then. Yeah, well, Chris had got past Danny, but I um, yeah, Chris had got past Danny, but I looked, and just as Chris's bike was, you know, breaking down. Danny was cutting back mm. so you know you can look at it and say oh was he actually going to get him back you, you wouldn't know it would have been a yeah, could have done if yeah he did, if he did pass him back you know it's it's well deserved but you know speed weather there's a lot of luck comes into it at times and yeah you know luckily we had a bit for once yeah I think Bomber's gone through a few engines this last week I mean they're an expensive week for him but I'm sure he'll He'll bounce back from it. <laughs> He's scoring enough points. <laughs> <laughs> um, and looking ahead to your big fixture tonight, as it stands, and people might be listening to this after the event, but um, Glasgow, um, massive fixture. Doesn't really need any bigging up. Pool versus Glasgow. And, and what have you been? your preparations been ahead of this one? Because this is a biggie right at the top. Yeah, it's it's a key meeting for us. You know, home form, it's no secret. We've not, you know, we've not been as strong at home as we have been in you know well last year when you when you look at the scores from last year we was we was always you know winning our home matches comfortably and yeah this year you know Leicester come and beat us um did I think Plymouth ran us very close on the last home match you know that you can say that losing Michael Palm Toft was it um yeah. was that the deciding thing you know and and then also there was Berwick who visited us last you know that they, they ran us pretty tight for a bit but um we've got to turn it around you know we I think tonight's a, a key thing really where we we see where we're at we've got some good weather you know I think we're battling a little bit with the track because because the weather's so hot um we're not really getting the track as you know how how we want it and so it's hot but it's overcast today so it's it'd be you know the, the track man can get on get plenty of water into it and you know hopefully it won't dry out too much and we can get get a racing line so we can actually you know if we don't make the start we we've got half a chance of getting past so but you know my plan will be to make all the starts and sail off into the distance <laughs> <laughs> if le- only it was as e- if only it was as easy as that <laughs> if only it was as easy as that it wouldn't it wouldn't be exciting would it but um no. Leicester of course have ridden all their away fixtures now as have pool um so it's all down on your home form now and Leicester have ridden way more meetings so they've set a target almost I know Leicester have, have a look at it and say well look that's what we've done come and beat it guys but for teams like yourselves like Glasgow you're looking up at that and, and maybe do you now know the score to beat and, and you've got a name well I think we we've, we've all you know we speak about what's going on and whatever else and we've all we've all said that you know, obviously, start the season. You aim to finish top of the table, um, and that that and you, you get to pick your opponents then in the playoffs. So um, we, you know, that was the the thing at the start. But we've all said now that as long as we make playoffs, it doesn't matter. We we've got to try and you know address the not so much the problems, but address the reason why we're you know we're our home because away we we seem to be better away than we are at home. You know. And so we need we need to turn it around and, and address the reasons why and and you know make pool a fortress again. So you know the main focus is on that, and you know we'll start tonight by hopefully beating Glasgow and you know and, and build up that confidence again because when you are running close or getting beat at home, it does you know does not the confidence. But and I think that was something that come from last year because we was just you know you just get on a roll, you just keep winning and winning and. You just go into the meeting already confident. You know you've already won it, type thing. And, mm. and I think we don't we don't have that at the minute. So yeah, that's what we got to work on. And you know, just focus on making the playoffs, not winning it, not finish or not sorry finishing top. You know, 
not putting a target on a certain position. Just, you know, make sure that we're, we're all doing our job at home and that's it. I think um, business end of the year, when the playoffs come, you know, we'll, we'll all be right. Yeah, and we're getting there slowly but surely. Uh, Looking back at the fixtures from last week and, of course, your opposition this week, Glasgow Tigers, they had a big win away at Perry Bar against Birmingham, 33-57. And Ryan Guest caught up with one of the star men for Glasgow Tigers away at Perry Bar last week, Craig Cook. Well, Craig Cook, Glasgow Tigers, 57-33 winners here at Birmingham tonight. As dominant performances go, that's probably as strong as they come. Yeah, we're a solid outfit, you know, this year we've got... You know, all the boys moving up from reserve up to number two all the time, always switching positions. So we've always got uh, two decent reserves. And, you know, throughout the whole team, it's always strong. So, yeah, um, we've been good uh, at home recently. We've had some, put in some real decent scores at home against Leicester and uh, Redcar there recently. So, yeah, we just need to keep it up. We're all firing on all, all cylinders. So, yeah, we just need to keep it going. Obviously, coming into this one tonight, Birmingham had won their last two home meetings. I know Cammy Brown, team manager beforehand, said it was important to get off to a good start and certainly did that, being eight points up after the first three. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, like I say, we're a solid outfit. You know, we can rely on everyone throughout the team. You know, every every single one of us is capable of going and winning races, you know. So, um, yeah, I just, personally, I just made a bit of a mistake in that first ride there, just um, just trying to widely a bit wider and let Daniel take, take charge, but... There was just nothing on the outside, and I messed up. But my own fault, really. But um, yeah, could have had a couple more. But it, it is where the team got the win. That's the most important thing. Yeah, like you say, uh, no, no, no weak link in the side tonight. Everyone had a, a minimum of one good ride. But um, a standout performance, probably from Daniel Hume. Only just moved into the main body of the team, and um, only dropping points in one ride where, where he fell off ten, ten pay twelve for him. Yeah, you know he's awesome, especially out the gate. You know he's in the. Uh, You've seen him on uh, Eurosport there, you know, for Ipswich, and he's been doing a fantastic job for them. So, yeah, I'm really happy for him. He seems to be going great guns. And, um, yeah, just like the rest of the team, everyone's improving. Every single one of us is improving, you know. And, uh, well, maybe apart from me, I dropped my average a little bit, but uh, I seem to have found a little bit of form again. And, uh, yeah, I just need to just keep going in the right direction and keep improving and uh, see if we can get back to a 10-point average. <laughs> Congratulations to you and the Tigers tonight. So there's Craig Cook, who'll be featuring uh, Apple Stadium for the Glasgow Tigers this evening. Um, And uh, that's a match that you'll be able to watch on the Pool Speedway live stream this evening from 7.30. Just a a quick question as well. I know that you featured on the the BSN streaming quite a bit um, over the last week or so, and, and I've noticed it a few times at different matches. But how has that sort of thing and, and I know that Poole are doing their own streaming too how has streaming in the championship changed things for you as a rider in that league because I notice riders going back into the pits and pulling their iPad out or their laptop or whatever and, and immediately you know looking back at the replay of the last race or maybe when you're in the van on the way to, to your next destination and gives you a, a chance to see these fixtures back maybe a little bit quicker than ordinarily you would have so how's that changed things from from your understanding of of the meetings that you're involved in well, for for me, I've got more access to. So, like for instance, you know, if I was coming to an away track tonight where you guys have covered mm. or where BSN had covered, I, I I can go on it and watch a meeting, you know, and, and try and do a little bit of revision. Yeah, things might be different, but it's nice to just you know be able to watch a meeting, watch all the heats, watch what people are doing, where they're riding, and you know, I can I can get a bit of knowledge from that. But also, like you touched on it. Um, you know, it's brilliant. My my parents, they don't have to travel around the country with me or, you know, follow me around. They they can watch it from from home and they know exactly what's going on. My my wife and mm. everyone else can. But more importantly they they um my per my dad sends on I me mean, my dad or my mum, whichever one's video and they they usually send every time I'm out, they'll send the race so I can come in and watch it back straight away. Uh, and it I'm I'm able to then 'cause yeah, you you're riding but there's that much going on in the space of 60 seconds. You come in and half the time, if you ask me what happened on lap two, I won't be able to tell you because you can't remember. You mm. know, everything happens too quick and or how the bike reacted from the start, things like that. And it's nice to be able to come in and, you know, watch a video and because what I come in and say it might be different to how it looks. So in terms of trying to, you know, get the bike set up or make changes or figure out what went wrong and, and why that happened, you can... You, know, you can go straight on the phone, watch it back, and so f- for me, it's you know, game changer. It's it's perfect. Yeah, I get to watch it all back, but 
more importantly for the fans, you know, I'm sure that the BSN didn't set out to to make it comfy for the riders so they can watch the race back. It's um, <laughs> it, it's so it's so we can spread it around the country, you know, and and it's the it's the modern era, you know, 21st century where everything's on the internet now. You know, you, you look at Sky, Sky have started. You don't plug into a box anymore. It's it's all streaming and certain. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, you know, it's something that Speedway was lacking. We're very, you know, we was kind of like stuck in the old ways. But now this is coming to it. I feel like we've, hopefully we'll start, you know, appealing to a new audience, you know, a younger audience. And maybe if they don't, even if they don't come to the track every time. I mean, I'm hoping we don't get to the stage where we turn out like we're the Greyhounds, where, you know, everyone sat in a bookies or at home and the riders are just riding around with no fans. We've got some speak, some speakers with some crowd noise. I'm hoping it's not it's not going to get to that. You know, we still want <laughs> we still want and encourage the fans to come and you know experience the atmosphere and the, the see it live. But the beauty of it is like you know Glasgow to Poole. Oh, I wouldn't want to drive it. It's a long way. So <laughs> I imagine, so I understand the fans. You know, it's tough for them to travel, but you know they can tune in tonight. They can buy the um, the pool stream. Obviously, it's not BSN, but they can buy the pool stream, and you know they get to watch every heat. There's commentary that you know the, it's brilliant how they do it, and you know they're able then to to watch and support the team from home, and and similar thing. Obviously, if you know if Glasgow are on and they have their stream, the pool fans, it's a it's a long way again, but you know, say one thousand, two thousand people tune in. You know, you got the you got the support, and it's just it's the modern area, you know that. It's it's what the sport needed, and you know, yes, we'll have our loyal fans, but hopefully, with it being so easy accessible, you know, we'll we'll encourage new people to watch, and then they'll hopefully come live and, and experience it properly. Yeah, you can't beat being there. You know, it's the whole atmosphere. The noise is different, of course, and the smell and the whole the whole thing of just being there, the whole occasion. You can't beat it. But you know, it's great to be able to keep tabs of, of what's happening with, with your, your team or even just as a neutral, just to tune in and to watch some matches. I know the, the, the meetings you were involved in last week, you know, with Poole against Edinburgh and Berwick, they, they might not have been ideal for you as a, as a pool rider, but I think for a neutral, it was exciting. And whilst there wasn't necessarily loads of passing, the way that the score flipped from one way to the other, you know, it still made for, a, you know, an interesting meeting. Yeah, you know, close meetings, that's what we want. You look at the Polish Speedway and, um, you know, all the time the the meetings are really close. Most teams are evenly matched and, you know, you watch it and you get hooked. You, you kind of, you keep seeing the score close. Obviously, when one team starts sailing away, you know, like it, mm. you look at the Bellevue match on Monday. I've not had a chance to watch it yet, but I've looked at the scoreline. I've seen loads of comments where people are saying, oh, you know, the scoreline doesn't reflect the effort. But, um when you start seeing the scoreline going like that, you kind of get, oh, well, Bellevue have won, you know, we'll, we'll watch EastEnders or something. Mm. And, and it, you know, whereas even if, like you say, the racing, you know, there wasn't much passing, um, mainly so at Berwick, but I think that was just a little bit down to how the track was set up. It was it was quite heavy at first, which didn't really allow any passing, um, a little bit too heavy, I think. Um, but then as the meeting progressed and you got to, like, 12, 13, 14 and 15 he was able to get into the corners and I think that's when the overtaking started so mm. but you know when the score line's flipping from side to side it, it makes it exciting to watch and you, you kind of yeah, you, you stay on and watch it because you, you you never know how it's going to end so yeah that's what we yeah. want you know it's never good because when we're in the pits and keeps coming over saying oh we're two up and next minute oh we're two down um, you know, it's never nice as a rider here and thinking, I'd rather him come over saying, we're 12 up and they've already done the tax sub, so you're doing all right. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we like to hear. But. Yeah. And I think um, one of the highlights of the meetings that you were involved in, and it happened behind you, was Josh Pickering's celebratory wheelie at the Edinburgh match, which he almost overdid and almost went backwards over the back of his bike, but he saved it. And he was straight yeah. in the pits. He apparently was straight in the pits looking at that on his phone. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've seen it. It, was, it was lucky, really, that obviously Danny wasn't closer because if he'd have crashed, I think it would have caused a bit of carnage. But um, mm. no, it was fair play. He, he managed to save that one. It was a good save. I think he changed the... Because Mitchell Davey was, was on his spanners and he was telling us that they'd changed the, the length of the wheelbase for that heat 
and something about it the, the balance of the bike it just all got a bit too grippy everything went wrong at the wrong time and he was pulling the wheelie and then he got a bit of extra grip and because the bike was a different length his balance wasn't quite right or something and he just yeah anyway he managed to save it but i think he slightly tweaked his back but it didn't cause him any problems on monday <laughs> no he looked, he looked like he was going all right there yeah good stuff well look thanks a lot steve for joining us um best of luck with your meetings tonight and we'll see you with the pairs on on monday and of course you, you you've got a busy week all up because then you're at plymouth next week aren't you with pool next yeah, tuesday so hopefully the schedule will be Plymouth uh, at your sorry Wolverhampton Monday, you know, um, Plymouth Tuesday, and then back at pool again on the Wednesday. So yeah, yeah, busy start to the week, and then I can have a bit of a break. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have earned it. I know, and then yeah, you, yeah, it'll be nearly time for the British final, and then who knows yeah, what after it. that. <laughs> that's it. Thanks a lot, Steve, for joining us. Um, appreciate it, and um, yeah, we'll see you soon. Yeah, brilliant. Cheers, Ian. Once again, our thanks to Steve Worrell for joining us and the fixtures coming up in British Speedway this week are as follows. Starting this evening, Wednesday, on the day of release of this podcast, Poole versus Glasgow, and that's going to be on Poole's own live stream. Uh, Birmingham versus Plymouth, and the featured match tonight on the British Speedway Network is the Oxford Cheaters versus the Berwick Bandits. Of course, um, the key thing to look for there is Aaron Summers, who faces his old side for the first time this evening, and that'll be on uh, British Speedway Network. The show starts at 7, tapes up at 7.30 for all three of those fixtures. Looking ahead to Thursday, back to Premiership action, Ipswich versus Bellevue, a big one at the top of the table, Kingsland versus Wolverhampton, and Sheffield versus Peterborough, as both Wolves and Sheffield look to put a bit more distance between themselves and the bottom two to guarantee their places in the playoffs. On Friday... Back to championship action, Glasgow versus Berwick, Redcar versus Leicester. Now, those two are both in the uh, championship Jubilee League, as it's been called. You might have heard it as the Summer Trophy. It's the Championship Jubilee League, and that's how it will be known from here on. And then in the National League, we've got Armadale versus Kent, and we've got Bellevue versus Mildenhall. And then on Saturday... Knockout Cup action for Berwick, who host the Red Car Bears, and uh, Leicester versus Edinburgh in the Championship. That match features on uh, British Speedway Network as well. And uh, Leicester versus Armadale in the National League, which follows the Championship fixture. I think the start time might have been brought forward for that one on Saturday as well. Sunday, Mildenhall versus Armadale in the National League at 3pm. And then on Monday, we're back to Premiership Pairs action in round four, Wolverhampton, the track. Eight o'clock tapes up there to give uh, extra time for track preparation. It's going to be a scorcher on Monday, so uh, come out and join us for that one as it's cooling down in the evening. Some uh, great speedway with uh, the best riders from the Premiership all together. And on Tuesday, it's Plymouth versus Poole in the uh, Jubilee League and it's uh, Oxford versus Birmingham, uh, also in the Championship Jubilee League next Tuesday. Keep up to date with everything happening in British Speedway on our social media channels. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram for all the latest updates as and when they happen. The weather is set to be a scorcher. Get out and support your local Speedway track wherever you may be and there's going to be some great racing this week. Um, keep up to date with our previous episodes of No Breaks, No Fear as well. And look through the back catalogue whilst the fixtures we're talking about might be out of date. Our guests always have something interesting to say, so catch up on those when you get a chance. And if you want something different to listen to, I'll point you in the direction of my other podcast, which is called Humans of Speedway, where we have a good sit-down chat with many figures from the sport over the years. There's quite a lot to go at, actually, um, because it's. I think the podcast is about two years old now, How Time Flies. Uh, but in that time, we've spoken to uh, well, Neil Vatcher, who's in charge of all of the youth and the upcoming uh, riders that are coming through. Josh Orty, Lewis Kerr, Tom Brennan, Jordan Palin. Uh, we've also got um, David Howe, Chris Louie, Gary Havelock, Paco Castagna. There's a big, long list. Just search for Humans of Speedway and... Uh, find out about their life stories and we'll catch you next Wednesday here on No Breaks, No Fear No Breaks, No Fear The official British Speedway podcast Sports Social Podcast Network